Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Emotionally abusive relationships can be enormously painful and destructive, both while you're in them, while they're happening, and for years afterwards. But there is hope for recovery, hope for healing, hope for change. Amy Marlowe McCoy is my guest today, and she's here to share some wisdom about recognizing emotional abuse in relationships, specifically recognizing gaslighting. And what we'll be talking about today is how you can learn to recognize that, become aware of it, protect yourself, and how you can begin to heal. So are you ready to meet Amy? Amy Marlo McCoy is a licensed professional counselor who specializes in treating adults who are recovering from narcissistic, emotionally immature, or toxic relationships. She recently published the Gaslighting Recovery Workbook. That's a book designed to help readers identify gaslighting in relationships, protect themselves from further abuse, and begin to heal. In her sessions and in her writing, Amy uses warmth, compassion, and a geeky sense of humor to support her clients in healing. I love that. You can find out more about Amy and her work at amymarlomccoy.com. Amy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thanks so much, Karen. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you today about gaslighting and hopefully to help your listeners come away with a little bit better understanding of this phenomenon and a stronger sense of their own resiliency and ability to heal. No, that's yes, that's good. That's good. That's good. And healing always, I think, starts from exactly where we are. So if you are listening and you're at that moment of awareness or curiosity, healing can start like right now in this breath. So Amy, what would you say when you talk about emotionally abusive relationships or toxic or narcissistic relationships? What, what does that mean? What are you talking about when you say that? Um, So when I think of emotionally abusive relationships or toxic relationships, um, I think about relationships that are defined by a really lopsided power differential Um, say in a romantic relationship where one person sort of holds all the cards and the other person has to jump when they say frog um, and that, you know, there isn't really an equal back and forth between the two people. Um, So that might look like a lot of gaslighting to keep somebody under control. It might look like mocking somebody in front of other people to shame them into doing what the gaslighter wants. Um, Or it might look like things like the cold shoulder or the silent treatment if somebody tries to exert um, assertiveness and autonomy. So and, um, that, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. I get, I just get excited. It makes me wonder then what that gaslighting is. It sounds like it has something to do with getting me to believe things that are not true. If you say frog and I'm supposed to jump, that doesn't mean I'm a frog, but I might come to believe that I am a frog. Yes, yes. Um, So gaslighting is a specific form of emotional abuse uh, where one person manipulates another one into believing that the victim cannot trust their own senses, perceptions, judgments, or experiences. 
Um, so the, the term has been around for quite a long time, even though it's only, I would say, in the last few years gained some real popularity. Um, it comes from a play that was written in the early 1930s by Patrick Hamilton called The Gaslight. Um, and in the play, there is a husband and wife couple, and the husband convinces his wife that she is losing her mind uh, by, among other things, dimming the gas lights in the home and then telling her she's imagining it. Mm. Um, that uh, So the movie Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer, for those of you who are following along at home, go watch that movie if you haven't seen it already. What's interesting in that movie, and I think part of what happens in relationships is in the, in, the, in the movie and in the play, you see that character start to say, well, yes, of course the lights are dimmer. Don't you notice it? And he'll go, no, darling, you must have made it up. You know, you've always been unwell. You know, you, you do have a weak mind. You know, the neighbors were saying the other day that you didn't look well at all. The lights are perfectly bright. Are you sure you notice a difference? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and what often makes gaslighting really hard to spot initially is that a gaslighter may present their argument as being for the good of the victim, you know, as coming from a place of concern. Uh, and very often they're really good at camouflaging the fact that they're actually making you doubt everything you think, everything you feel, everything you believe, and making you increasingly dependent on the gaslighter's version of reality rather than your own. How do you know if someone is gaslighting you? Well, there are um, some signs and symptoms, kind of side effects um, that you might notice over time. Um, but I would say if you start kind of questioning yourself more often or you feel like you just you just don't know if what you're thinking is right all the time, you feel like you really need to check in uh, with somebody else frequently because you sort of can't trust your own instincts about something, um, then that's a good indication you may be experiencing some gaslighting. Um, you may feel yourself being confused or disoriented. Um, you may feel your self-confidence starting to drop. Uh, and gaslighting in a relationship can cause you to trust other people's thoughts or feelings, uh, their judgments, their memories, more than your own, because you start to think, maybe I really am losing it. Maybe I really am just imagining things and making this up. You know, my version is not aligning with this other person's, and, you know, maybe it's me. And that, that may be one of the ways that the damage from these relationships can carry on even when that specific relationship comes to an end is that if I get used to looking to other people to tell me who I am or what I think or how it should be, if I don't trust myself to know if the lights are bright or dim, I may continue then to seek out relationships or put myself in situations where that same model of behavior, that power imbalance can continue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, I see this um, pretty often where someone may have experienced a lot of gaslighting, say, in a family relationship as they were growing up. Uh, maybe they had a, a parent that was kind of on the narcissistic side, um, and they will end up in a lot of friendships and work relationships and romantic relationships that show many of the same traits. So they will continually be re-traumatized and re-victimized because they keep repeating the same relationship dynamics because either they don't recognize what's happening um, or they can't really give themselves credit for what they're picking up. Um, they've sort of learned to self-gaslight. Hmm. Well, the, after a while, that's true. Ab after the while, the voice that says you should jump because you're a frog, after a while, you just automatically generate that voice for yourself. Um, yeah. Hmm. 
You say in the book, and I'm glad you talked about how it's not it's not just our lovers, it's not just our partners, it can be colleagues at work, it can be friends. You say in the in the book in great big letters that emotional abuse is not gendered. Can you say more about what that means? Absolutely. Um, so a lot of times in either pop culture or in just general conversation, we can find it fairly easy to talk about the ways that men may gaslight women, the ways that men may abuse women. Um, and certainly male on female abuse is a serious problem and one that warrants lots of discussion and being addressed. Um, however, women can also gaslight men. Women can also be abusive in many ways to men. Um, women can be gaslighting and abusive toward each other, as can men toward each other. Um, and there are actually within the workbook some places where early on where we're helping readers to recognize manipulation that I offer some vignettes um, that include lots of different types of relationships so that you can see what gaslighting looks like in several different contexts, um, including in the office or in romantic relationships and friendships. Why? I think in the I think in the movie that Charles Boyer wanted Ingrid Bergman's money. It was life insurance. I can't remember. There was like a material motive for why he was trying to drive her mad. Why yeah. do in the in the real world why do people gaslight other people? I mean, what what do you really get out of treating somebody else that way? I would say the biggest thing that people get out of it is a sense of feeling in control. Um, and it may not really be that somebody sits there like, you know, twiddling their fingers together like some Bond villain going like, "Ooh, I can control this person by gaslighting them. Um, but the reality is that people who do gaslight other folks have a need to control the narrative, a need to make sure everybody else's story and vision of the world aligns with their own. There's something intolerable for them about other people's opinions being different or other people's experiences being different. Um, gaslighting can absolutely be used with the intention of controlling and maintaining a power hierarchy over another person um, to keep the gaslightee dependent on the gaslighter. However, it can also be used simply to meet the gaslighter's need to feel like they know what's going on. So it's a, a little more nuanced than it may uh, appear at first sight. Right. Um, but by and large, it really comes down to trying to control the situation for one reason or another. So when, if someone were to listen to what you're saying and recognize some of these things that you're talking about, that there's an imbalance of power, the things that I think I'm often told that that, that isn't right, um, I'm asked to believe or go along with things that I am pretty sure that's not the real story. Um, another, often in gaslighting relationships, the person will say, well, you're just overreacting, or I never would have done that to you if you hadn't uh, provoked me to do it. Once you look around and realize you may be in a relationship like that, what what happens next? How do we start to kind of un unhook that bond of, because it's almost a dependence, right? The gaslighter and the one who's being gaslighted come to depend on each other. The gaslighter um, provides the unfortunate thing that the gas, the one who's being gaslighted is used to, and that the victim in this is supplying the response that the abuser is wanting. So how do we start to unhook that? Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you kind of mentioned some of those common phrases, because um, I think that's really helpful for folks to, to start noticing, like, wait a minute, I've heard that before. 
um, you know, denying the person's experience, telling them they sound crazy, uh, accusing the victim of trying to confuse the gaslighter and essentially reversing um, victim and offender. Those are all really, really common traits. And if those are sounding familiar, you might be feeling a little bit of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do I do now? Like that, that happens in my relationships. Um, and I'd say the first thing to do is just to pause and give yourself a little bit of grace. Be compassionate towards yourself because this stuff is hard to spot. Uh, it sneaks up on you. And many gaslighters are really subtle. Maybe they even believe that they're doing this for your own good. And they're certainly good at getting you to believe that they've been doing this for your own good. So, you know, the hardest part, I think, of facing gaslighting in a relationship is the acceptance piece where you have to look at yourself and look at the relationship you're in and say, this is not good. This is not healthy for me. This person does not have my best interests at heart. And I believed that they did. And I trusted them. You know, there's a lot of pain and grief in recognizing that something is not what you thought it was. So please, please try to give yourself as much grace and compassion as you can as you go through the pain of recognizing this relationship isn't the kind that you thought it was going to be. Your journey will include rebuilding your self-confidence, rebuilding the trust in yourself, recognizing the ways that gaslighting has harmed you and the ways that it continues to play out in your life. But all of that starts with self-compassion. Well, and understanding that what is done to you is not your fault. Exactly. And that's that's an important thing, too. People will sometimes say to me, well, I brought it on myself. I should have listened. I should have known. And now look where I am. I'm in this situation. I can't get out of it. We've developed this unhealthy dependence on each other or these patterns in our behavior. And, well, I guess that's, I mean, that's what I get, isn't it, for making these choices? No, there's a there's a way to take a breath, be present with what is really going on. And as you're saying, Amy, with compassion, make a different choice, start to make some change. Yeah. Yes. You are listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Amy Marlowe McCoy. Her new book is The Gaslighting Recovery Workbook, Healing from Emotional Abuse. You can find out more about Amy and her work at amymarlowmccoy.com. Now, there's going to be spelling, so are you ready? It's A-M-Y-M-A-R-L-O-W-M-A-C-O-Y.com, amymarlowmccoy.com. One of the things I love about the book is that you have there's there's practical stuff and people who listen to the show they know i'm a sucker for the practical books you can write in them there's exercises we can i like to let's do stuff come on um i love that you've got exercises and things to help people slowly but um in a way that makes progress move forward to making change and i wonder if there's an exercise that you might want to share with us, an idea you might want to share with us for someone who may be just realizing, wait a minute, this isn't right. I'd like to make a change. What's something that might be helpful to them? So um, this one kind of calls back a little bit to the question you were asking a couple minutes ago about um, handling that sense of like, oh man, I brought this on myself and how could I have not noticed this, the the embarrassment or the shame that may come with that. Um, And this exercise is entitled, say it to your bestie. Um, And the exercise is pretend you're listening to your best friend talk about a time when he or she was gaslighted. Imagine that he or she tells you they feel stupid for letting themselves be manipulated, 
and they fear they will never recover from the abuse. How would you respond to your friend? Now imagine giving yourself the same kindness and write down what you would say. And the goal of this is that we can usually be really gentle and kind and loving and compassionate with our closest friends. We would never talk to them the way we sometimes talk to ourselves. So if you can channel some of that loving energy inward and give yourself the same kindness that you would give a friend, that's a really good starting point. Oh, a really good starting point. And there's another exercise in there as well, the daily appreciation exercise. And I wonder if you can say a little bit about how that practice could be helpful. Sure. Um, I love the daily appreciation exercise because it's a way of normalizing kindness towards yourself uh, in a way that I think is very natural feeling. Um, So most of us have a voice in our head that will kind of pass judgment on whether we're doing a good job at something or a bad job at something. And a lot of times those voices can be really self-critical. Taking some time to offer yourself a daily appreciation, something that you like about yourself, something you feel good about, something you're proud of about yourself, whether it's a skill or just that, man, I made a really banging cup of coffee today. Um, whatever you feel like you can appreciate about yourself that day is a way of inviting another type of self-talk into your life. And as you begin to normalize that, you'll notice that that inner critic may soften a little bit as you can offer it like, Hey, I'm doing some things really well and it's okay if I make mistakes. And that kind of that kind of softness and compassionate reflection sometimes helps bring back your sense of humor. Um, because it, uh, there, at least I believe that anytime we can find something to laugh at, even if it's just sort of a dry, bitter chuckle, right? Anytime we can find something to laugh at, it raises the vibration, makes it easier to shift that energy. And so Mm -hmm. if what you write down in your 100 days of daily appreciation is I made a fantastic cup of coffee today. And if you can smile at that, you're doing okay. You know, you're, you're on, you're on the right, you're on the right track. In your, in your practice where you specialize in working with adults and you work with teens as well, um, who are going through this, what are some of the, um, maybe some of the some of the most common things you see people struggling to overcome as they shift to having healthier boundaries and getting healthier? Um, I actually would say that guilt is one of the hardest things for a lot of people as they are struggling to uh, create boundaries in their lives um, that they have been taught either directly or um, sort of in the unspoken subtext of a relationship that setting boundaries means they're being mean or they're rejecting someone. Um, And the truth is boundaries are about helping each other to relate in a healthier, more loving way. Um, So for those cases, for those clients, I created the boundary guilt bingo game uh, in the workbook (laughs) where it includes lots of phrases that uh, you may have encountered or have thought about at times when boundaries, boundary setting was difficult. Um, And I like to invite people like, go through this. How many of these look familiar to you? How many of these have you thought? Um, And to remind them that while these are very understandable thoughts and feelings and concerns, um, that they aren't always accurate. Mm. What is it that brought you to this work, if you're comfortable sharing? Because you talk about this with a passion that 
makes me feel like you have some personal engagement in this? Yes, I I have both personal and professional experience um, with narcissistic or emotionally immature or toxic relationships, Um, you know, in work settings, in private settings, personal settings. Um, And, you know, as I was relatively early in my career as a therapist, I started noticing that some of the clients who were showing up and doing some of the best work that we felt like, wow, we're really getting to where we want to be, clients feeling really happy with their progress, you know, this just feels like the work is really going well. Um, More clients that were struggling with, how do I have a relationship with this really difficult person that I don't know if I can actually leave? I don't know if I can say goodbye to my mom and go no contact, even though she's really abusive or she's narcissistic. But how do I navigate that relationship? Um, And I found that this work felt incredibly fulfilling to help people both recognize their own thoughts and feelings, their own rights uh, and responsibilities in relationships, and to draw healthy and loving boundaries that allowed them to say no with love and without guilt, and to stop feeling like they were stuck in this cycle of victimhood. Mm. Now, I know we've just got a couple minutes left together, and I, I wanted to ask you, we're in that lockdown time, and people maybe some people are home like baking cookies and laughing with each other and it's all very leave it to beaver and some people are home with gaslighters they're in a small space in a relationship that's not ideal is there something that you would want to offer something that you'd want to say to those people a shout out of hope or of something so that people learn that they can start to heal right from where they are Absolutely. And, and I'm going to bring in my geekiness for a minute here. Um, I use this quote a lot uh, in sessions and even in some of my blogs, I've quoted it. It's uh, from a moment in the first Lord of the Rings movie um, where the entire company is sort of paused at a crossroads trying to decide where to go. And Frodo, you know, our, our titular hero of the ring, um, tells Gandalf, I wish I never lived to see such times. He's feeling really overwhelmed and Like, this is just too big for him. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. Mm. But that is not what we need to decide. All we need to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Uh, And I think that is such a powerful truth that we can't always control our circumstances. And then that can feel incredibly overwhelming and even disheartening. But what we can control is where we want to put our energy. And even if you're stuck in a bad situation, you know, with the quarantine, with just the, the material difficulties of leaving a strained or difficult relationship, with feeling like you haven't been able to gather the emotional energy, even if you can't make all of the changes you want to make, you can decide, what is one step that I can take today? Maybe that is just allowing yourself to say, this is not good for me, and I think I want to make a change. Mm. And just to begin gathering the awareness of what's happening and trusting your intuition a little bit more each day. Amy, thank you so much for being on the program. I'm really glad we um, got to talk. I love your geekiness. Please, <laughs> please continue. Um, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Karen. I really enjoyed it.
Thank you. That is Amy Marlowe McCoy. Her new book is The Gaslighting Recovery Workbook, Healing from Emotional Abuse. And you can find out more about Amy and her work at amymarlowmccoy.com. I'm going to spell that out for you. It's A-M-Y-M-A-R-L-O-W-M-A-C-O-Y.com. AmyMarlowMcCoy.com, and there are resources there for you to take a look at. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events, even to book a private session if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I do, that no matter no matter what's happening in the world, you are not alone. That when we put our energy, when we put our focus on change, things do change. If you feel that way too, you might want to check out openpeacefulheart.com. On that website, you'll get information about the free monthly guided meditation call that my wife and I offer. That's free and open to all. We focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. There's no selling, no yelling, no haranguing about anything, just 15 minutes of peace. You can find out more and sign up at openpeacefulheart.com. And in these turbulent times, a new Facebook group has been born um, from the people who uh, are kind of the founders of Opening the Peaceful Heart and the people who've helped keep this movement going over the years. If you are on Facebook and you search for Open Peaceful Heart Circle or just Open Peaceful Heart, you should find our group. That group is also free and open to all. Answer a couple of questions and you're right in there where we share positive things every day also no selling no yelling in that group and that may be a companion for you remember that wherever you are whatever you're doing right now however you feel you are not alone you are always upheld in the highest divine light thank you for listening today together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing until next time i'm wishing you peace peace